Hands to the Face, discussing sports, entertainment, and pop culture, from the newsworthy to the cringeworthy. Here's your host, Stephanie Powell. And we're live. Welcome back to Hands to the Face. If you're listening to the podcast on Google Play, Spreaker, SoundCloud, or watching us on YouTube, thank you. Uh, it's been a pretty eventful weekend. Needless to say, you just got back yesterday from the Arnold Classic. Yeah, so I'm I'm in a blitz of, of what the heck went on over the weekend. But it's nothing new to you. You've done it for like yeah. a decade. Oh, no, things outside of the Arnold Expo. Oh, so I was in a void of Arnold. Okay. Yeah, and have no idea. I just started catching up on things today. You got to meet uh, Gronk's brother. Yeah, Chris Gronkowski. He's a cool guy. loved him. He's up in um, doing ice shaker up in North Dallas in the Dallas-ish. grapevine area. Yeah, That's that cool. was a cool deal. Shaker out. Yeah, so Fun. he was gracious enough to set us up with that shaker. So check those out. They're actually pretty cool. Yeah, because it's it's one of those like it will keep your drink cold. Like it can be just like those. Um, what are those silver? The Arctic's. Yeah, yeah, like you know those water things that um, will keep your water cold for like. X long or twenty four hour, yeah. whatever. Yeah. So it will it will keep your beverage cold, but it also doubles as a um, like a protein shaker. Yeah, and well, it's got the agitator and it's stuck to the top. So one of the things that they designed it such that um, everybody likes all the essence, you know, notes of fruit and stuff mm-hmm. like that in their in their water. Oh. So you can put chunks of fruit up in the agitator if you're just having water, and every time you drink, you get that's neat. that essence deal and kind of cool deal. That's pretty cool. Notes, <laughs> essence, whatever. <laughs> whatever you want to call it. So those, those things. We have the combine to talk about. We have the um, Canelo well, the, Alvarez yeah. thing. We have the Wilder fight. We have more NFL stuff. And we've got the draft coming up. We've got March. Ma- so much. There's so much to do in so little time. It's a boatload, man. What do you want to talk about? Well, everybody's up on this fight, man. Triple G and Canelo. And then Canelo okay. got got hit with a uh, trace amounts of PTS or of uh, PT, if, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my brain was this morning, but of PDS. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a Mexican boxer that lives and trains in Mexico, mm-hmm. and he was popped with uh, clenbuterol, trace amounts of, of clen. Okay, so they agreed to submit to random drug testing. Right, yes. the fight is March fifth. Yes. Um, and I believe February 17th and February 20th, he submitted urine tests, and they both had trace amounts. Trace right. amounts. Now, right. what they're saying is because of the con- contamination of meat in Mexico, that's mm-hmm. common. Yeah, apparently it's pretty common. Um, I don't, you know, I mean, I don't know. I, I'm not super in depth with the various meats of the world and things like that, but um, it is common that that is in beef, mm-hmm. um, definitely in beef in, in Mexico. Um, he had trace amounts. And then the thing is, is everybody's like, oh, well, you PDs, blah, 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 you know, whatever. The reality is this. Everybody has to remember, Canelo's going up a weight class to fight Triple G. Mm-hmm. So it's not his natural weight class. So he's, he's not trying to use Clen. He's trying, right, he's trying to gain weight. So Clenbuterol, for people who don't know, originally was kind of like an asthma type, mm-hmm. you know, bronchial dilator. But people use it in today's world, especially in the fitness industry, to lose weight, mm-hmm. make weight, to drop weight. You know, to drop excess fat, to drop excess water, to, yeah. to burn it away. So the last thing that he's going to be doing is something that's going to make it burn it away. 
I mean, it makes no sense in the it world. It doesn't make any sense. And th- so far, they I mean, they've been very cooperative, like, and he's even said that he's, you know, he's really embarrassed by this because he really respects the sport. Yeah. Um, that's not something that he does. And, you know, he will do whatever he needs to do, do more testing. Um, is he golden boy? Fighter? Yes. Okay. So um, he also trains out of San Diego. So if it's necessary that he goes up to San Diego to finish his training, he'll do that. So yeah. he's being very cooperative, um, absolutely denies any known use of performance enhancing drugs, clenbuterol specifically, and uh, the other camp as well. They're, they're not commenting until really they know what what's going to come of this, what, you know, the yeah. testing and what the verdict is and, and all that. And Triple G's camp's not going to. I mean, what are they going to say? Because, I mean, everybody knows the reality of the situation. The, it's just the last drug in the world that he would possibly take to try to better his game would be clenbuterol. Right. It makes no sense. It would hurt him as opposed to help him, all of those things. So it's news because, you know, their last fight ended in controversy. Everybody thought Triple G won and, you know, all this kind of stuff. So this just mm-hmm. opens that door in the world of boxing again for everybody to throw their arms up and it's dirty and – you know, you're paying this person and that person and the testing agency and all these things. And um, when was their last fight? Man, it's been about a year. Okay. I yeah, I don't remember that. the exact date, but, you know, about a year. So it's just that deal that they're really the biggest game in boxing right now. Mm-hmm. And so you have really the two biggest draws in boxing going at it again for the second time. First fight was crazy, crazy what, amazing. What is their weight class? Do you know? Um, Middle. Okay. And then so, uh, like I said, um, Canelo's going up. He's not going to be using Glenn. I'm going to get out of here. So they're going to review it. The boxing commission is going to review it, and they're going to probably come out and say, you know what, let, just let the fight go. Yeah. And he'll he'll subject himself to additional testing. USADA is involved with some of the testing now, yeah. and they've. Some people are like, oh well, if you pay USADA to test you, then they're going to help you be clean. But they've popped some big names mm-hmm. over over the last couple of years. I mean, they really want to clean these things up, not just in boxing, but other ones as well. Yeah. Okay, so they fight again May 5th. Who May is 5th. your pick? Triple G. All day? Yeah. All day. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with this trace amounts of PED stuff. I just think it's just, man, yeah, it's his day. It's his thing. So let's continue with boxing because there was this big the Deontay Wilder and mm-hmm. Ortiz fight that occurred. I don't know if you saw any of, of that. I read a couple of highlights because that happened while we're in the middle of working. So, yeah, didn't man. get to see okay, it. Okay, so now the thing is... Um, it ended in the tenth TKO. Yeah, Deontay Wilder is now forty and zero. Yes, forty and zero. Crazy. This is heavyweight at that weight class. It's unheard of, man. So yeah, but I read all the stats. I'm not going to pull them up right now. But the point is, um, Ortiz basically held his own, and yeah. um, some of his uh, the percentages were higher than any of. Um, Wilder's previous opponents yeah. in terms of how many you know hits he landed or quality, quality strikes, strikes and yeah things like that yeah so uh, there was also there were three three knockdowns that um, Wilder had one in the seventh and two in the tenth mm-hmm. um, in the tenth and there was another w- a strange percentage it was like a high percentage of a lot of his um, quality strikes I forget what it was came in that tenth round yeah so it skews those numbers a little bit. And it was, you know, I just heard that it was um, Ortiz's conditioning that got him, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, uh, you know, got caught in the 10th round. I And now I didn't see the scorecards, but the stories that I read is that Wilder was down on the scores. So if he would have won out the remaining mm-hmm. rounds, it would have been very close to a draw. Yeah. Now, usually champ wins and uh-huh. things of that nature, but um, he was in a predicament. So he needed the he needed the knockout. It was. Oh, man. Yeah. It was interesting to watch. And now. 
Um, he has 39 knockouts through 40 fights, which is the most for a heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And he's tied with Joe Lewis for second place for consecutive knockouts in um, in heavyweight title defense, which is seven. Yeah. And that's, wow. you know, my thing is just watching him. Um, any heavyweight can knock you out with a punch. I mean, mm-hmm. let's just be real, right? I mean, that's heavyweights, yeah. you know. Um, very few heavyweights can't do that. Mm-hmm. So you have to be on guard. If it's 12 rounds, you got to be on guard 12 rounds because somebody can catch you and they're going to knock you out, right? Mm-hmm. But I started to pay a lot of attention and watch a lot of his previous fights after Arthur, mm-hmm. right? And even in Arthur's fight, he, Arthur was winning in the cards. In the mm-hmm. ninth round, he got lazy. His conditioning slipped off, and he left his chin open and got clocked. Got clocked. You know, and, and now this, I didn't see it. So I'm going to assume it's the same type of thing. Went in all the way through in the scorecards, basically. I know the seventh round went the other mm-hmm. way. But, um, you know, so eight of the previous nine rounds, he wins. Mm-hmm. Um, Ortiz wins. And then tenth round, bam, you get clipped get lazy, get tired, your conditioning is not up. And so I'm just going to attribute all of it to whoever's got Wilder's training. They deserve a big fat paycheck, <laughs> man. Because he's conditioned, from what I've seen, he is conditioned far better than any other heavyweight I've ever seen. Do we know how much he weighs? I don't know his weighing on this, yeah. Is, yeah. is there anybody right now that you think can beat him? No. 40 and oh man. I know, and that's the thing. And now, this is what I hate in boxing is that he's. I think he's gone through all the quality opponents he can face. Yeah. Now there's going to be some guys that probably could beat him that we don't know their name, that they're in the lower ranks because we don't follow boxing yeah. like that, right? But unfortunately, is those guys are going to have to go at each other. So you're looking at two, two years, two and a half years before he's going to get what would deem as a quality fight. Yeah. So we won't see that. And that's if that person gets through. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? And if the two people that could possibly beat him, if they have to go at each other, well, you lose one because then they're never going to make it around to fight Wilder when he's quality because there's so much time between fights. Yeah. But yeah, so. Man. So, yeah, he's he's going, man. 40 and 0. I so wish. I could see him going 44 or 45 and 0 before he meets his next quality opponent. And then at that point, you're going to be like, okay, well, yeah, a heavy, heavyweight with that many fights under their belt, yeah. Now you start to question their age and if somebody beats them, is it really legit? Things of that nature. It's so interesting. Heavyweights are always so interesting to watch. I think both ends of the spectrum when, um, whether it's MMA, you know, boxing, whatever, because we always talk about the lightweights. And it's yeah. the joke that they're not knocking each other out. Really? Right. Like you're 115 I mean, pounds. Yeah. 120 pounds. Yeah. This is going to go all the way. Yeah. It's just not happening. Whereas I watch some of the highlights of the Ortiz Wilder fight and it's like everything looks like it's moving so slow and it's like it doesn't feel like there's any power behind anything, but they're like. Poof. Well, it's the same thing. It's like watching, a, you know, a speedy corner run as opposed to watching a big fat tight end run. Right? I mean, seriously, they're running the same speed, but that little dude looks like he's booking. Yeah. Well, because he's got to move his legs a lot exactly, faster to get. Know? Whereas, like, yeah. Gronk looks like he's moving in super molasses, slow motion. Super yeah. slow motion. But he's leaving people behind, you know? So it's that same type of thing as watching these heavyweights. You're like, oh, it's so slow. It's so slow. It's not. They're just that much bigger. Speed is interesting. So let's talk about the combine because we saw some. Of course, there's always some that shine and there's always some that come out. And people are like, oh, questionable. and Yeah, yeah exactly. questionable. But, you know, you talk about, you have to, it's, with the combine, it's like, you know, you have to have something to measure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But at some point, it's really just a summit for all of these coaches to kind of see everybody in one place and talk to whoever they want to talk to. Right. Like how m- I'm always curious, how much does somebody's. Uh, <laughs> hi, hi. Um, Jason's taking a picture. Uh, how much does somebody's performance at the combine really affect their s- draft stock? 
you know. Yeah, and, and really my whole deal is I've said this before, is it's people in the third round, fourth mm-hmm. round, late second round. That's the only people it really is gonna affect. <laughs> See? So. We're we're doing we're doing the that we're playing the social media game in case okay, anybody's so in case he's, curious. He's filming as as I'm filming. And so Saquon Barkley, of course, we knew he was going to be ridiculous. Oh yeah. Which yeah. he was. So he's uh, he may go number one. And again, I, I hate when people, oh, who's the number one pick? Because it's really what does the number one team need? Yeah. See, so years ago, before, um, I think it was Sam Bradford was the last one that came out that got the big contracts mm-hmm. for being the number one pick. I could be wrong a year, but I think he was the last one. Before that, the number one pick usually was just who was the best available player. Yeah. So they would scoop them up and then sometimes use them as leverage to trade and things of that nature. Yeah, yeah. Now, since those rookie contracts and all that stuff is all kind of regulated, um, you're not getting those super mega million dollar deals as a rookie, which I like this. Um, now it's a matter of needs. Right. So Cleveland has the number one and number four pick mm-hmm. in this year's draft. Um, we obviously know that. I mean, they're not their record is, you know, they're 0 16, but they were they had a, quite a few games where they were close. I mean, they're they're yeah. close. There were a good there were a good number of games in the last couple of seasons that they were had the lead going into the fourth quarter. So what what are the key things that they're missing? <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. So if you're if that's you're, like a loaded question. I'm like, just saying, if you're in the war room and you're like, okay, we have the number one and number four pick, who yeah. are you picking? Um, hmm, I'm not sure because they have so many holes. You know. It it it's just this is this is me. Is it's hard for me to uh, to properly assess a defense or an, an offense mm-hmm. and those coordinators and their sub coaches yeah. when it's when it's like that? Because how do you assess a defense that's on the field for three quarters? Oh, I know. Right? Yeah. So if they do if they do good and you didn't put them in a bad position and they keep you in the game for the first three quarters and they've been on the field eighty percent of those first three quarters. Okay, then then they're doing good. Right. So look at San Francisco. Right. 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 Losing, 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 losing. Right. In comes Jimmy G. Winning, 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 winning. Right. Right. So and we always talk about that. Defense cannot be on the field that much. Three quarters of a game. Exactly. So you bring in you they San Francisco. They brought in Garoppolo. Mm-hmm. Right. And then what did that ultimately what did that do? Yes, he was a better quarterback. Okay. Mm-hmm. Not that much better, because you gotta remember, he didn't know the system, he hadn't been there, the playbook's restricted. So you're taking him in there but what he did was give the offense a couple extra minutes of playtime on the so you change that time of possession a little bit you know and two minutes on the clock is a pretty good amount of a pretty good amount of rest for for a defense yeah so now they're a little more rested they can make a couple stops a couple stances and there's the difference of winning and losing so you you don't know like you're flipping a coin you don't know if they should take somebody like Saquon Barkley, or should they take? I mean, if, a quarterback. If I okay, so if I were the Browns, I would take Barkley as number one. Mm-hmm. I would trade number four, and then I told you that my sneaky suspicion is that Foles is going to go to the Browns. Oh, so but if you get Barkley there, you trade off your fourth and some random whatever pick that's really insignificant, mm-hmm. and you get Foles in. Mm. So now you've got the the Super Bowl MVP, and you have Saquon Barkley, and you have Saquon Barkley, <laughs> yeah, in your backfield. So your offense. Even if you have a crappy line, you're going to get extra reps. You're going to get some extra time. You're going to extend one or two drives, you know, an extra set of downs. That sometimes is the difference from, you know, going 0-16 to making the playoffs. Right. But I think, you know, we talk about it too, that um, 
once the the landscape changes a little bit. Mm-hmm. So even like, you know, everybody, not everybody, I'm not gonna say everybody wants to play for the Patriots, but if you have an opportunity to play for a dynasty, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Do you want to go to the Browns? Eh, no, you don't. No. Right. So if like with Jimmy G in San Francisco, if you can see that things are changing and that not necessarily you're going to go even to the playoffs, but like, Hey, we have a chance. Yeah. So, you know, you get Barkley, you get somebody like Foles, you get like, all right, we just need a couple more pieces. I'm so sorry. Let me turn this off. Um, sorry, people. Um, get a couple more pieces, then you're playoff bound. Yeah, right? exactly. And then if you bring in those two players, mm-hmm. the rest of the team is going to be elevated. Their spirits are up. Their morale's up. Right. Everything's up. So they're going to play just that. Not that they don't play hard anyway, but I don't care. I mean, if yeah, you're I mean, 0 14, you're going and you're like, oh. You're like, right, I'm just going to go over my paycheck. Right. Right. So, I mean, you even talk about the 49ers again. Once Jimmy came in and they saw like, oh, shoot, like the energy is different. The fans are different. Everything is different. And then, you know, you pay him $130 million. I mean, they paid him off the wazoo. But, I mean, hell, if if last year was a snapshot of him permanently, then they made the right call. Because I just I don't want the Browns to do. Let's just let's just say they get Barkley at the first pick. Mm-hmm. I don't want them to go the fourth pick and take. I don't care what quarterback out of the draft you put in front. You don't need two rookies in your backfield. Mm. That's not the smartest thing. So you know a, a rookie quarterback really isn't ready to play when the first yeah. week comes around. They're Do really you think not. That's a lot of pressure for. Let's pretend because Baker Mayfield, my favorite. Um, he believes, and, and I think it's good to be confident. You know, yeah. I just, I don't like him. I just, I think he's cocky, all kinds of things, but you know, confidence is good, but he feels like he can turn around any organization. Yeah. Whether it's um, the Browns or the no, Giants or whatever. No. Right. Yeah. There's so, no way. He's I mean, not set up mentally for it. Mm. He will work his butt off to do it, yeah. but he's his, unless he matures, he's not set up for it. I don't think he has the right read skills. I don't think he has the right mechanics for it. Um, he's not going to suck. Yeah, he's going to be an all right quarterback, but he's not. He's just not. It's just not how it works. <clears throat> so in terms of maturity, mm-hmm. right, it's very different. So college and professional, very very different. Oh, yeah. And you're going from playing with eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one year olds to grown men. Yeah, and grown men have been playing at a professional level for a long time, yes. right? So especially when you're the quarterback and you're supposed to be the leader of the team, and you act like an eighteen year old or seventeen year old or whatever. And you come in and there's there's a weird balance, right? Yeah. Because you have to have that bravado that because I'm going to take this team and I'm going to lead. Right. Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, it's kind of like, son, know your role. You just got here. You've got a lot to prove. Yeah. Right. So yeah. It, it, in some ways, it's like, how do you win? But um, I, I'm going to keep referring back to Jimmy because I think he just probably went in there and was like, look, it, not like, oh, I'm a Tom Brady, whatever. But, hey, I'm going to do everything that I can. Let me let me figure this out and we'll mm-hmm. do it together. Kind yeah. of, you yeah. know, thing. Right. Not like so freaking awesome. But I don't. He's so immature. He is so. It's so immature. It's just what people get is that it, the speed of the game. You cannot. They're not. You cannot compare the speed of the game from college to, to pro. You can't. It's just mm-hmm. that much faster. And it's literally it's taking the absolute best offensive player and the absolute best defensive player from every team in college and then letting them practice and hone their skill and get together mm-hmm. for years, mm-hmm. right, on getting a big paycheck, and that's what you're going against. You're not going against, you know, Kansas 
<laughs> and running up 52 points. You know, you're not doing yeah. it. I mean, it's just. He's, okay, so. Yeah. He hates the Johnny Johnny football comparisons, right? Yeah. But they're. And he's not that he's not that bad. He is not he is not like Menzel. He is not that bad, and unfortunately, the comparisons are there. Yeah, Heisman winner. Yeah, a little bit cocky, gets in a little bit of trouble. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, you know, we we spoken to um, NFL scouts and um, the importance of those intangibles, right? right. Some teams are willing to take that risk, right. and others are not. Right. So. Can can he grow and change? Absolutely, everybody's capable of change. I also believe that when you take a twenty twenty one year old or whatever and give them millions of dollars and make them famous, yeah, you're going to go one of two ways. Right. I mean, I think one of the best things for him is that the Browns make that trade. Foles mm-hmm. goes up there, and the Eagles draft him. They get uh, Mayfield, and he sits behind Wentz. Mm-hmm. And that system and that and that coach and the young guys and because they've got a lot of young players, so he's going to relate with them better. They just won the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. They just beat the Patriots. They just all these things. It's going to be a situation that puts him in a check. Mm-hmm. And so keep his attitude in check, because what are you going to do? You're coming into the reigning Super Bowl championship team, right? Under arguably one of the best, definitely one of the top three coaches in the NFL mm-hmm. right now. And Wentz, who, if he played out, would have been MVP if he continued that the last few weeks. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. So you're coming in, what are you going to do? So aside from Philadelphia, who do you think, or which teams, which systems would best suit his style of play? Oh, man. Um, and, and when you say that, I immediately go to ego, is what team's going to keep yeah. his ego in check the most. You know, I mean, he could be a great backup in Green Bay. He could be a great backup in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. This the problem is is his his draft value is so high. There's only a couple options he's going to get. Yeah, and it's just for me. I know a lot of people have a lot of different ideas. That is seems to be the easiest, cleanest thing you can do. Hey, Eagles, here's the number four pick in the draft. Mm. Give us Foles, and then they can. It'll be interesting. It's always interesting to see how things get negotiated. The day, oh, yeah. oh my gosh, the oh man, move around. oh yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, where do you think Kirk Cousins is going to end up? Because as of now, a lot of the NFL insiders have kind of weighed in, and they seem to feel like the top four places for him to land are Minnesota, mm-hmm. uh, the Jets, mm-hmm. the Broncos, and the Cardinals. Yeah, Broncos. You think Broncos? Because the Broncos players, their veterans are now, you know, like vying for him. Uh, They're petitioning for him. They want him. What do you What do you think of his skill level, though? It's so hard. Uh, you know, because it's just like I heard earlier they were comparing um, him with um, – Names are so horrible with the Vikings quarterback out of University of Houston. See, yeah. Um. Anyway, I, it's the names thing. Keenum, Case Keenum. Yeah, Case Keenum. They were comparing those two quarterbacks, and they're like, "Well, what what makes Cousins better?" And and part of the part of that answer was Cousins was doing things with half the the power and staff mm-hmm. and ability mm-hmm. that Keenum had. That the Vikings are a stacked team of talent. And Cousins didn't necessarily have that ability there. A couple good players, but nobody that was of that caliber. Mm -hmm. So that if you put Cousins in that situation, he's MVP. Effectively. Just like, I mean, Keenum. You put him in, everything just hit. To me, I just feel like everything just kind of hit for them. Right. And it just, they got the momentum and they they got a little bit lucky. They got a little bit, just like the Browns got a little bit unlucky. Exactly. You know, sometimes it's how does the ball bounce. Right. You know, and that's. 
I've yeah. always said I'm not a fan. I, Keenum's not a bad guy and he's not a bad player. I just think that his record doesn't indicate his talent level. I think he's right. not that good. People are going to hate me for that, but but they can. But you know, they went against you know in the Eagles. They got shut down outside of the opening drive of the game. Mm-hmm. They got shut down and made look silly because they met somebody of equal talent. Yeah. You know, and they were going through and, and they did well and we were wrong. I mean, they won some key games and it wasn't like they sucked. It's just when you come up against a team that's got it together, you know, yeah. your your tendencies tend to shine. Right. Um, last NFL topic before we move on. Um, or is this it? Okay. I want to talk Le'Veon Bell because we touched on it. Yeah. a week or two ago right so, so they did tag him it's yes either they did or they made it known that they were going to tag him um 14 and a half million dollars he has said and he's still standing firm that he will contemplate retirement should mm-hmm. that happen this is the second year in a row that he's on the franchise tag um he just feels like the way they structure their contracts if if his uh, average annual pay doesn't meet some minimum level he's not He's just not down. Yeah, he, it hurts him. Yeah, he did uh, admit or you know say that he turned down last year's offer, which was forty-two million over the first three years. So that averaged about thirteen point three million right. over the life of of the deal. And to him, that wasn't good enough. Right. And and really, when they evaluate him, they say he's worth between sixteen and seventeen million. That's the evaluation value of him. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? So this is going to be fourteen and a half. So that's two to three million under what he should get. Yeah. Right. And um, that's that's fourteen and a half million dollars is not something to squawk at. Mm-hmm. But some of the key points is the number one reason the Pittsburgh Steelers are in talks for making the Super Bowl next year. It's him. Yeah. So he is the best player on that team, right? There's other great players, but it's mm-hmm. him. It's it's yeah. his deal. He is the marquee guy. He does more than anybody else. You know, uh, Big Ben's squawking about retirement, and that's a possibility. And so. Uh, Bell's deal was like basically I'm not going to play unless I get my value which I mean I, I can't hate you for it right because he 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 took it last year cool and the world of running backs their life is, is short yeah he's 26 right I think he's on the cusp of 27 mm-hmm. so really just make him 27 he does one year he's going to be 28 30 is the dead mark so now nobody's going to do a big contract mm-hmm. more than two years after that so now he gets his 14 million so he's taking a $2 million pay cut this year. It's very likely they'll hit him with that tag next year. How, so there's no limits how many times you can franchise tag somebody? I don't believe so. Jeez. Right? Okay. I don't believe so. And then, so if they tag him again, um, now he's got one year, so he's going to get another one-year contract, mm-hmm. and his whole thing is done. So basically, he's looking to be like, he's saying, hey, my value likely is $16 million a year, over four years, mm-hmm. whatever. Let's do that deal right now. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. And you can put, I mean, there's ways you can tweak contracts and all that other kind of stuff, but he wants he wants his value, he wants it now. He wants guaranteed money. Yeah, he's all about that Because literally, you got to think, if he's worth $16 million for at least three years, let's just put it there, right? Mm-hmm. So just say 45 to $50 million, right, over three years is really his, is his, um, is his value. Does that make sense? Yeah. And then, if he gets one weird ankle tweak, mm-hmm. one he's got to sit out two or three weeks because of an ACL strain, mm-hmm. his back gets tweaks, he gets a concussion, he gets these things, he's done. Well, that's hard because he he'll get that money this year, right? Yeah. But then, even if he's a hundred percent, when he goes to the front office of any team in the NFL, 
next year after sitting out for some games for any of those reasons, right? Mm -hmm. He's immediately, his value goes from 16 to 10. Mm. Well, he had an injury last year, Mm -hmm. right? And then didn't, he was out the year before, right? I mean, hasn't he, hasn't he had injuries? I think that was a drug thing. Oh, yeah. Well, drug, yeah, PED thing, sorry, you know. Yeah, banned so, substance. So thing. you want sixty million dollars when out of sixteen games, you're playing ten. You know, whatever. Yeah. And that's and that's I mean, I agree with you, but it's just get I mean, even if I think even if the Steelers came to him and said, Okay, fourteen and a half for four years, mm-hmm. I think he'd take it. Well, you know what, even that, that last deal of uh from last year with the three years and yeah. thirteen and a half his mom wanted him to take it. <laughs> well, because that's almost, close. That was close. Did. You know, but really last year it shouldn't have been a three. It should have been a four year. Mm. Does that make sense? Like you're getting in like they're just they're just cutting it short. Why do you think they're doing that? though? Okay, so let's. It's business. Now, it's I, business. Okay, I, get, I get it's business. My yeah. question is um, maybe it's the age thing. Maybe it's the position. But so somebody like Jimmy G, mm-hmm. they didn't blink. They were like 90 million guaranteed for three years. Right. You're the guy. With with him, who's proven what he's worth, and they're like, eh. So then, is it the situation of the guaranteed? Mo- that that's just it's that guarantee because if they okay, so from a front office side, if they guarantee that money to him, right? So let's say they give him whatever fourteen fourteen and a half for three years, right? They guaranteed probably twelve would be guaranteed, okay. uh, just whatever. So they're guaranteeing that twelve million. You got your salary cap hits based on that and other sliding variables, and he gets hurt in week two. They're yeah. toast. They're yeah. done. They're like, okay, yeah. we're not going anywhere now. For now, we're we just screwed our franchise for three years. So yeah. it's it's a purely a business decision, and look how fast running backs go in and out. Yeah, he's had a few great years, and he, barring injury, he's going to have a few more great years. I just feel like I know the Patriots do it. Right. It can be done. But there is hidden talent everywhere. Yes. Everywhere. Yeah. Right? I mean, look at Lewis. Look at, I mean, it just, there's so many people that, okay, we don't need to pay him 14 and a half. Let's right. get this guy and this guy and, you know, bring them up and try to build something. Ben's going out. I mean, they're just, yeah. it's time, right? It, yeah. It's time to kind of restructure. Not restructure, but you know Position what I mean. Position themselves to do that in the next year or two. Right. So that's why, I mean, he's getting tagged because they don't know what's going on with Ben. And if they dump a bunch of money on him, they, I'm positive the Steelers do not want to get a rookie quarterback. They're yeah. going to want it. They're going to want to get a veteran, and which means that's money, which means if they've dumped all their money into Bell, now they're screwed. At what point, and this is an interesting question, um, there's teams that are always right there. They're yeah. always right there, yeah. but they never, well, not never make the Super Bowl. They may, or, it's kind of, I mean, the Steelers yeah. are... A, Solid organization. I'm not saying yeah. that. So not just them, but other teams that you're like, they're there all the time. Yeah. From the front office perspective, you're like, what do you do? You're just like, okay. Well, you got to look at it. Is it. And I've said this a million times. More often than not, the team, two teams that make the Super Bowl are the healthiest teams mm-hmm. from those divisions, right? Yeah. Or conferences. Yeah. A lot of times it isn't the best. Mm-hmm. You know, that people get banged up and there's key injuries and there's things that need, and they don't, they don't make it because of that. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. The the one wild card is the Eagles this year. You know, I mean, seriously, yeah. because any other team loses their starting quarterback, you're not going to the Super Bowl. That's just... But, I mean, what's remind me, what key injuries did the Steelers have going into the playoffs? That, I hate to say that they had a lot of key injuries, but um, um, the one the receiver, 
um, and I just went blank. That was out and had the surgery and the spinal decompression surgery. And she all here? That. Yeah. Was he okay? So him, <coughs> and then um, they were banged up. Yes. They were really banged up, mm -hmm. and so that was kind of like it's a health. So are guys playing? Yeah, yeah but, but man, they were not up to par, you know. And then you you start breaking that down and looking at it and saying, okay, well, how do these positions make? How do you match up? How do you do this? Does mm -hmm. it screw the rotation? So you take one second string corner out because he's out on injury. Well, it's not a key injury, but now the person in front of him is taking extra reps. Right. So now they're a little more fatigued. Now they, you know, I mean, yeah. it's just it's all this domino thing so it's it's to me is it's health more often than not the healthiest team makes it all right so if you're Le'Veon Bell do you retire no 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 why am I gonna leave 14 and a half million what am I gonna go do to make 14 and a half million dollars well that's okay so that's you obviously right. but so again he's at the point that he's like I either get what I'm worth or I'm done and he's right and or do you really think he's just putting it out there just to I mean, he's, he's 26, 27 years old. He's almost 27. So let's just yeah. 27 year old. He's definitely got a lot more playing time in the NFL, yeah. right? Even if he gets banged up, he's got, I mean, seriously, what he's clearly motivated by some money or else mm -hmm. he wouldn't have said that. So if he's motivated by making some money, is he going to leave 14 and a half million dollars on the table? And then maybe even 10 million, 10 million, 10 million, let's, let's depreciate his value over the next four years. Yeah. So is he really going to leave $44.5 million on the table over four years? Right. I, I also don't. We have to get into the mindset of, um, you know, professional athletes and mm -hmm. their ego. And, you know, because, again, I've, I've never understood how people can just sit out either, whether they're negotiating contracts or whatever. Because they know it's coming. Right. You I don't. I, yeah. I think it's yeah. absolutely the most ridiculous thing. Like, you're on my team. I am paying you. Get your ass out there. So right. then. Now he's on a tag that he doesn't want to be on. Is he going to give me what I need out of him for $14.5 million? You got to hope they do. That's what I'm, but, yeah. do you, but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Okay, so now you've got someone who's bitter, who's yeah. like, basically like, sh you know, you're not paying me what I'm worth, then I'll give you less than what I'm worth. Yeah, and, and see, I don't know if that comes into it because these players, especially marquee players, a lot of times when they're on the field, they don't give a shit about the money anymore. Mm. They're playing. And yeah. they don't want to be made look like a chump. True. You know, so once they're on the field and doing that stuff, usually you're good. You know, they may have a little more attitude or be a little more chippy or do, mm -hmm. they could become a poison in the locker room, but when they're actually playing, they're going to play hard. But yeah, I mean, I just, he'll, he'll play. He'll play under the tag. Do you think uh, Harrison's going to come back to the Patriots? The rumors are that he is. Okay. And I think they're, they're the rumor was that one more year, mm -hmm. so a one more year contract, one, one year contract, um, think it was the same money i don't remember four million five million something i don't remember it was close to um his position minimum based on all his markers so that's the deal i think he enjoyed it i mean what he said he enjoyed it he liked the system he liked what they did he liked how they i mean he liked it well i mean he still thinks he has more in the tank yeah and if you're on a team that you think you can win and I mean, really, he only came in for what four games? How many yeah. games? Four, four games. three or four games. Four weeks, three games, something, whatever. You yeah. know, so yeah. give me like, okay, now I'm kind of into it. The whole thing. Let's get into a full season. And he's he's and just. He, not, I don't think he's ready to be done. No, and he's. I mean, his skill level is fine. I mean, he's on point. I mean, yeah. he was getting. Through, I mean, yeah. What are you gonna do? And because I, I was, there. I was actually surprised at how much playing time he got. Yeah. In the beginning. Yeah. Every time I looked on the field, I was like, oh, there's Harrison again. Yeah, that it shows his raw skill and, and talent and things. And he takes care of his body yeah. like 
the best of the best of the best, you know? Mm. I mean, remember, they, they're making fun of him because he's traveling with his acupuncturist yeah. and, you know, all this other kind of stuff. And but all that's how you, pr- you yes. know, they make fun of him, they make fun of Brady, but okay, they're still 40, you know, that's why they're through, playing. And like they're that, still yeah. playing at a high level. Yeah. It's not funny. It's like, okay, you're stupid because you're eating Skittles for breakfast. How about that? <laughs> right? How's you that were out, you're you? out getting wasted last night yeah. and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And you yeah. had a cheeseburger on the way here and now your stomach's upset. Get out of here, dude. Get, I, I know. I can't even handle. I'm like, come uh, on. I have to close real quick on something controversial. Um, you know, so Kobe got an Oscar. Okay. I didn't a, see that. He got, he got an Oscar for his short on, um, it's called Dear Basketball. Okay. Right? So he got an Oscar. And he's, you know, so now there's all this hype and all this whatever because, you know, LeBron saying, see, yes, of course, yeah, do it. You know, see, we're more than basketball players and blah, 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 all these things. And he's saying that he's more excited about winning that than any of his championships and blah, 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 blah. Now, there is a petition out now from 16,000 plus people that have signed this. So it's just short because he needs 17,000 signatures for whatever they're going to do. Basically protesting his winning this award because... Of the sexual assault from 2003. Where him and his wife and she was like by his side. And the but whole charged. Okay. Dropped. Right. Because the witness was not willing to cooperate. Right. Um, basically, you know, initially he said never happened, never happened. Then he admitted, okay, we did have sex, but it was consensual. It was consensual. Blah, yeah. blah, blah. Yeah. And then she dropped it. And right. then she filed a civil suit. And they settled out of court, which uh, speculation is they settled for about five million, but he won't confirm or deny that. Um, But so people are just like, you know, because he settled, that's an omission. You're not because you didn't say you didn't do it. Yeah, we know better than that. Right. Yeah. So because you settled, you probably did it right. You were charged with it. You're an abuser. Holy. Oh, I'm dead serious. Right. So they're they're. (laughs) They're, you know, this whole Me Too movement and the I whole I can't. Thing. Okay, here's the deal. It's, it's super easy. This is America. You're innocent until proven guilty. Mm. Okay? Guilt is not the opinion of anyone or, or any multitude of the masses. Mm-hmm. That does not constitute guilt. Right. At all. Sorry, Me Too movement. It's the reality. Well, it, you know, and whether... Okay, so... Uh, okay, I don't and, agree and did with... He, he had sex with a girl. Clearly, everybody agrees he had sex with a girl. Everybody knows that there was a settlement. We know... You and I know from our dealings, settlement does not mean you're right, wrong, indifferent, or anything. It means you don't want to go through the process. Mm-hmm. You don't want to go through the bullshit. It's not criminal, so it's not like it's just it's and a it's circus. Really, the longer you drag it on, the name gets dragged through the mud. Like really, it's just let's a just, circus. It, and it really is at some point. You're right. like, do you want to just end this now? Like, right? Would you rather spend the money on legal fees, or do you want me to just pay money and just go away? Right. Like, you know. So, and uh, so because she dropped it under cr- dropped criminal charges, mm-hmm. right? She she left it. Okay, she dropped it. Right, right. She dropped it. She dropped it. I I get it. I understand, and we've talked about this. Women that go through things like that, I know they don't want for one, two, or three years their their body and their sex and their all this kind of stuff, all their intimate life to be dragged across everything, especially high profile. They don't want that, Mm -hmm. and I get that. I understand it. But if you don't charge them, they're innocent. Correct. Innocent. They were never proven to be guilty. Right. Innocent. So the only thing that was admitted is was he. Yes, they he had, had enough. Yes, he had. A, he committed adultery on his wife, and the last time I checked, that that doesn't inhibit anyone from any job anywhere. 
he committed adultery. She stayed with him for whatever reason. Right. So again, it's why is it my business? Right. She, the the accuser dropped it. Wife stayed with him. Okay. Well, so what is the Oscar committee going to do? <laughs> like, how does that disqualify him? I don't know. From winning an Oscar, and I don't know. I mean, it could have been great. It could be this. I'd be like, if I do anything, I would petition it for the fact of favoritism or yeah. you know botched voting or things because it's Kobe Bryant <laughs> and it's a short and how do we you know I sh- there's a million other reasons to petition it which all those are really BS anyway but I just think it's know, all I'm, going so far it's uh, that's I don't when do you it's just I'm just because it, it irritates me is when do you stop it it's like I'm sorry if somebody does something wrong to you and you don't come forward they are innocent I understand it sucks. I understand the psychology of it. I understand all those things. I get it. And I'm not denying that those things suck. But if someone does something to you that is wrong, Mm -hmm. that is criminal, and you don't press charges and come forward with it, they are innocent. There's no denying that. And you don't get to go to the media and you don't get to drag their name through the mud. I think you should enforce that. Yeah. Well, I think that's the thing is it's very, we always talk freedom has a great sense of responsibility, yeah. right? So, again, if you are wronged, yeah, you you need to say something. You if you don't, it's just why do you have people have all this ability, and I, I see it so much to just accuse people. How many times have we seen women falsely accuse men, or whatever? It can be men accusing women, or the other way around, right. of sexual abuse or whatever the situation right. is, and it never happened. Right. So then it, it, that that in itself, that's another reason that women who are actually abused don't want to say anything right. or what have you. So it, it, perfect example, because it's not a sexual assault. So people won't get emotional. But I'm going to share this one with you. There was the story about a week and a half ago. Um, this is all in Texas. Um, I don't remember the names. And I, and I think it was in Travis County. So Austin area. I could be wrong, but it's Texas. So people can Google this, that a woman filed for um, uh, child support, back child support, and all kinds of stuff dealing with a child against this against her ex boyfriend, mm-hmm. right? And they were never married. It was just a boyfriend girlfriend thing. And da 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 da. Comes out later, there is no kid. She provided false pregnancy tests, false pre- false positives, because basically you've got to produce a kid. You've got to produce oh, a birth certificate. Yeah. None of those things. She actually filed. He's got court hearing court hearings. Like he was having to leave work and spend money on attorneys and oh all this God. other kind of crap. And you know, legal fees, nobody gets legal fees anywhere. Yeah. Right. So he spent, uh, it was $25,000 or $30,000 to defend this. And there was never even a child. But so then people like that need to be held accountable. That's what I don't right. understand. And I think the state's going after her for some various things and all that kind of stuff. But you he'll never get that the... money back. He'll <laughs> never get that time back. Yeah. He had to go through all that bullshit and harassment. So yeah. the point being is bad people do bad things. Mm-hmm. And. It happens more often than not. Professional athletes have groupies. A lot of them have affairs. You know, it's well known. There's TV shows about it. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, come on, let's be real. And so for a young girl to agree to have aggressive sex with a high-end professional athlete that's worth millions and millions of dollars, I could see that happening. I could also see them feeling guilty later. And I could also see this and making a false charge. It makes sense to make a false charge. It makes sense for them to make a real charge. But if you are sexually assaulted and you don't come forward, you just enable that perpetrator to continue to do that to other people and they're innocent with you. Yeah. Sorry. And I may get hate for that, but that's the reality of it. 
you're innocent until proven guilty. Yeah. So this whole petition thing is boo hockey. That's what I'm saying. So, I mean, he's not disqualified from winning an Oscar. I mean, come on, for real. He did the short. He did it. People voted. He won. Well, it's just this in this country. I mean, everybody, if I'm butthurt, I'm going to get 18 million people to say that they're butthurt with me and ruin your life. Like, sorry. And highly motivated people in the Me Too movement can easily find 16,000, 17,000 signatures. Because mm-hmm. I'm sure they're going to allow some electronic signatures as well. Well, they have 16,000 and they need 17,000 okay, for so whatever it is they're going to do. Right. So, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Is in today's day and age, like, come on, that's going to be easy. I mean, I don't love Kobe, but... That's bullshit. Yeah. I mean, having having an affair doesn't disqualify you from winning an Oscar. And <laughs> I've got to be honest, like you just said, if someone's having an affair on their wife and they're having sex with you on a one-night stand, it's probably not going to be loving and tender. That's pretty accurate. Right? Yes. It's going to be some like, I'm not going to get into it. Anyways, <laughs> this is, yeah. well, it's not a family show, but you know. Um, okay, anything you want to close on before we hightail it out of here? No, that's it. What do we have next? What's next? The draft. Oh. I miss football. Yeah, I know. Well, next year you're going to have the alternate football. I, is it really? Is XFL coming? It's after next football season, next that's NFL same. season. I think I, I think I have that right. I think they wanted me for a commentator. I think that's what they said. Yeah, it's possible. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just kidding. All right, this is Hands to the Face. I am Stephanie Powell. I have Jason Powell with me. Thank you for listening on SoundCloud, Google Play Music, Spreaker, (laughs) watching on YouTube. Uh, If there's anything you'd like to hear us discuss or any, you know, whatever, hit me up on Instagram, anywhere. Well, Instagram, because I'm funny there. Yeah, and all the links are in the... Within, but Kai underscore Powell, K-A-I underscore Powell. Thanks, y'all. Have a great day. And um, it's my birthday on Thursday. Uh I'll be 21. Peace. (laughs) 26?